Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. So I saw that uh, you're doing plants this week. Plants? Like plants? What are you talking about? I thought you tweeted out something about like um, helping people with plants. Oh, oh, I was working at a flower shop. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was uh, doing floral arrangements for Valentine's Day. How did that go? It was wild. Yeah? Yeah, I like, I told some of my friends, because I have a friend who's a florist as well, and I was a florist for a little bit but this was just like freelancing while they were really busy. I was like, I agreed to work freelance for a floral shop over Valentine's day weekend. Was this a good idea? My friend was like, Hey, you'll get a chance to like, see what the normies are up to. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that's definitely true. Got a taste of the normal world for Valentine's day. What what are they, what are they, what have they been up to? What are they talking about? UFOs and stuff? No, nothing. They're just talking about themselves and, Tiny little minuscule anxieties that get blown up. About what? Self-perception. I struggle with that stuff too, though. Dude, I do too. I do too. (sighs) I I was kind of, so I'm, I I finished doing that, which was nice. It kind of just like took a chunk out of my life, but whatever. You got to get money somehow sometimes. Yeah. But now I'm back into like working on a new, like writing a new article. Mm-hmm. In my article, I'm, I was kind of writing about this, like the first battle is like with yourself and then you can like engage the world after you kind of like settle, like who you are and like what you want to be and what you want to get out of the world. Yeah. I think for me, it's always been, um, at least growing up, it was always hard to like find my identity, you know, more so I felt like really comfortable with like music and the arts and stuff. But, you know, there's hesitancy towards that and about, yeah. you know, being an artist or like being a musician. It's like, there's a lot of imposter syndrome with that. Yeah. Do you call yourself an artist? These days? I don't know. I mean, I like, this might, This is going to sound like a normie kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know. I consider myself like really creative. Right. Like in just a lot of different areas. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard uh, Jordan Peterson talk about this a lot. Like the creative type is like their kind of advantage is being able to assume all kinds of identities and not just like attaching to one. Mm. So it makes sense. Right. Like, cause I feel that too. Like I worry about like, is my perception of myself matching what other people perceive me as? And it, at the end of the day, that doesn't matter because I can be adaptable. And like, that's my advantage as a creative person. 
Right. So you're a florist this past weekend. Yep. And you're a writer this week. Yeah. <laughs> but you've always been writing though. As far mm-hmm. as long as I've known you, you've been writing. Tell, like tell yeah. us tell us about your writing and what what you've been doing as okay. of late. Yeah. Um, I've started contributing to bitcoinnews.com and I'm excited about that platform. They're kind of like in the early stages of growth um, and focused on being a source of like, you know, pure Bitcoin only signal, as we like to say. Um, And I'm excited about the ideas that are like kind of, there's just like so much kind of happening in that little community, which is like not tied to like one place. So they're all over the world and stuff. Um, And then in my personal life, I just finished writing a book. Yeah. Tell everybody about it. So this is like, basically it was just, I've carried this with me for a long time. Like, am I a writer? Am I an artist? Like we're talking about like having anxiety about like that identity. And I finished this book as kind of like a test to myself. Like, can I actually do this? Cause I've felt for the longest time, like it wasn't for me. I was just something I really wanted and I was too lazy or I was too um, easily distracted to like ever actually finish and accomplish a thing like that big, as big as a book felt yeah, to me. It sounds really hard. So yeah, this was like, this was just kind of like a chance for me to be like, can I actually do this? Can I actually stick to this? How does this work out in real life? How can I actually like take this idea and make it something real? And I just gave myself like a lot of grace throughout the process, but I also like had a lot of help on the accountability end, which was like a huge advantage that I like knew I needed and I knew I needed to lean on. So I had like a couple people who like formed a writing group with me. Oh, cool. And we would just kind of like check in every week and I'd kind of like have them read like what I had worked on that week. And like, they'd give me their feedback and just like having that was just like, honestly, the key to just like keep pushing. Cause it's so hard to do it when like you're on your own and you don't have like, like then the anxiety is like, are just rushing in. And it's like hard to like pick out what's real about what you're anxious about. Like, is this actually a fear that I need to like work out or do I just need to, is this just my feelings kind of like, getting out of control. So having friends who are like really invested in seeing it through, seeing this idea through with you was like invaluable. Yeah. So were they, were they helping you as far as like just being consistent and writing every day or um, like, yeah, tell me a little bit more about this, like this support group. Yeah. Um, they were first day. They were friends that I made. Um, I was working at a library And they were also working there and we just kind of like really quickly realized we were all into like the same things and very like interested in art and the same like sorts of art and like moved by the same things. So um, we've just started hanging out and then we were like, we're all trying to write. Like one of them is trying to write a play. The other one was like trying to write poems and songs. Um, And then I was trying to write a book. So yeah, when we would get together, we would all just kind of like bring whatever we had worked on. And they would like read, like they were the first people to like ever like read a chapter, like once I had finished a chapter. And one of them, like I handed her like the the first chapter that I wrote for the book. And of course that's like very vulnerable, right? Like I, and I don't really know like what to expect when people read anything of mine. 
Um, but she like handed me back my laptop and she like had a tear like falling. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just like a single one. She yeah. was like, this is really good. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'm onto something. Like this really helps me like just kind of focus on what I'm trying to say. Um, and that was other things they would do, like, like refine my ideas and like help me like iterate on them and like get to like the actual like core, like what, what is the purpose of this one idea I had in the book? And like, does it fit in the story? When you're, when you're writing, do you ever like, I feel like it's like, a, it reminds me of music in like a little bit, like, mm-hmm. or at least for me, I do you ever feel like it has like a, a certain kind of like when you're, when you read it back to yourself after you've written like a paragraph, yeah, does it have to flow a certain way for totally. like, a, like, you know, how you would want to. Yeah. Like I get in trouble with that sometimes because yeah, like I can't read something without it sounding the same way in my head. Like every time, like there is a definite flow in what I've written for me. And it's like, if that doesn't communicate to somebody else, if they're like, like, Austin does this a lot. If I give something to Austin, he's like, not, (laughs) he doesn't get that same flow that I felt was like in Uh, it. So he's like, why is this word here? And I'm like, well, it's the musicality of this phrase. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. So yeah, there definitely is that. It's cool though. But like with poems, it's very much that. And I, do you think it's a, do do you feel like it's a different part of your brain that's using, that's writing poems or that's writing, writing? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Tell me about that. Man. Um, it's real when people say like the artist is like the person who's like tapping into something, right? Like a different frequency. Like I feel that very, Mm -hmm. very much like it's a, um, like the inspiration comes from something else and you just have to like be true to it. I definitely feel like that's true. And like, that's, getting to the place where I like recognize that that is real has also like kind of brought me back to like my belief in God because like, I believe that there is truth and that's what I'm like, feel like I'm most in service to when I'm writing or creating is like whatever is true is the goal of this thing that I'm going to create. Like if it's not true, that it's not worth existing. (laughs) And then if I believe that there is truth, like, for me, I kind of have to believe that there is God. If I believe that like there's an inspiration outside of me, I have to believe that that comes from somewhere like divine and pure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's very much like my artistic, like creative side is like also like my spiritual side. Like they're not different. Wow. Gosh, <laughs> that's so good. It's so good because it, like for, like for me, like whenever I'm doing any type of creative thing or creative endeavor, it, it does require like a prayer, but yeah. like in, um, you know, cause I pray every morning, but there are times like where I'm struggling to come up with something, right. As far as like whatever creatively I need to get done. Mm-hmm. And there's moments, not, it doesn't happen often, but there's moments where I do ask God to like open, open the, the gates to that creative energy or, right. or whatever, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Um, and um, it's interesting because when, when you, when you do have that conversation with God, I, I tend to, I tend to see at least on my side where I, I, I see words in my brain that come out, you know, and it'll just mm. be like a phrase or something. Yeah. And I have no idea why that came out or I'll hear a voice. Does mm. that sound weird? Uh, I guess I we all hear so. voices in our head. Right. So 
but like, but for me, I, I, I take it as like, that's God telling me. And at least during my creative process, every time I listen to him, it's always, it's always worked out. Mm, yeah. Like, you know, that that is where truth is found when it's mm-hmm. like from that source. Do you do anything else to like, like a practice of openness besides prayer? What, what do you mean? Can you explain? Um, I don't know. Like something I've been working on as a practice for this is just like taking a walk. Oh, yeah. Um, but kind of like with the intention of like making no judgments. Interesting. Tell me about that. Well, this came from uh, Naval Ravikant. I was reading his book like a month ago. Mm-hmm. And this was just an idea like straight from his book. Um, I don't remember what he called it though. It was really cool. It was just like, like there's science to back up this um, notion that like taking a walk, just like exposing yourself to like other things that are going on besides your own head for a moment opens up your mind and changes your state. Something's beeping at us. I don't know. Haven't heard Uh, that before. I don't know what that is. I think Topher's (laughs) playing with some stuff. Um, Yeah. So, So taking a walk just like changes your physical and your like brain state. And then like kind of choosing to do it with the openness of like, just like accepting whatever is and not putting any judgments onto the world. Just like being a participant in it. Yeah. You know, you're talking about frequencies. Kind of. Yeah. 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 So I mean, I, I, I do think, I do think there's, I, I have a different word for it, but it's like frequencies, right? Like, like whether it's a walk in nature, yeah, you know, it's weird. Um, I, I ride a motorcycle and then I would even mm. feel like that machine is like a frequency that I can mm. tap into. Not like, you know, <laughs> not like a Marvel character or something where you can turn into it or whatever, but it's more like transformers. The, yeah. <laughs> but it's more like a actual, like, cause I, I talk to it. Like I talk to, I talk oh, to my bike. So yeah. it's like one of those things, but I think, I think a lot of us do that. Right. Like, but I guess yeah, it's just everyone like, kind of finds their own like thing that, that puts them in that like more open, open state. I think for me, it's like the fear of death. Like it, sure. it but it's not even the fear of death. It's just right. like, you know, ending my life and like getting on a motorcycle. Like yeah. I, I am presented with that every time. Yeah. And, and like living and knowing that is like, um, I'm not going to, it's not a rush cause it's not that, but it makes everything makes you focus on the present Yep, and it makes you live, you know, um, by the minute, by the second when yep. you're out there. Right. And I, I think presenting myself that every morning before I head to work really gets me in the right frame. Yes. And then even coming home from work gets me in the right frame yeah. to appreciate the day. Yeah. That's such a good thing to do. Yeah. But much, it'd probably be a lot easier just to take a walk, <laughs> touch plants and things. <laughs> Right. Yeah, you know, everyone has their yeah, different risk factors they're willing to because for me, I yeah, like it's either like a walk in the morning and and what I was doing while I was writing the book still was like walking to the library. And then once yeah. I got to the library, that's where I would like sit down and focus. And I kind of needed the library for that because I couldn't do it on my own at home. You know, like you kind of need like other people. That's why like Pleb Lab works a lot too, because it's kind of this like same environment where like people are just here and they're here to work. Yeah. And you can be around them and you can kind of feed off of that frequency or that energy yeah. that they have. <laughs> yeah. The vibe is good. Yeah. Well, what, um, so tell me about your book. Like, it, 
Can we talk about what it's yeah. about? Yeah. It's about my grandpa. Um, this came from, I mean, like ever since I was like a senior in high school and I took a creative writing class and I realized that like writing could be fun and imaginative, <laughs> creative. Um, I just kind of like been on this journey, I guess, of like becoming a writer myself. Um, so when like life events happen to me, like the, the most writing I do is journal writing. So I'm, I'm used to that practice. And then it's kind of like the, the writing I'm most drawn to is like other people like writing about their experiences and like what they learn and what they draw from their own life. So in my life, something that happened was in 2020, my, both of my grandmas passed away. My grandma, um, in like, so like the week that COVID kicked off, literally like the oh, week no. before she passed away, but it was not, she had Parkinson's, like it wasn't anything to do with COVID, but it was like her funeral was the last thing I went to before, like everything shut down, <laughs> you know? And it was at the, fun like the, that's where my book begins is like in the funeral, uh, ceremony because it was just like this realization that like, uh, my grandpa is like a whole person with like a whole life that he's lived and like a richness of experience that he has to like teach me. And he's done it masterfully because he has ended up being a great person and like touching so many people's lives. So it was just like losing my grandma and then seeing my grandpa and being like, I need to, <laughs> I need to take the opportunity while he's still here to extract those lessons from him. And that was, that was the point of writing the book. It was just like, okay, I need to talk to my grandpa. And we just like talked on the phone. He would only give me like 30 minutes at a time. Really? We would like hit, I would call him and we'd like hit the 30 minute mark. And every time he'd just be like, okay, have a good day. Wow. <laughs> But That's like funny. in those conversations, he just like told me like story after story of just like good stuff. Yeah. Like all these things that had just happened that some of them I knew and some of them I had no idea. Is there, is there one that you can share? Or yeah. Let everybody here know about. Yeah. Um, so one of them I, I wrote about was when he was in the Navy. Mm -hmm. So he grew up on a farm and then he like, when he was 18, it was, uh, it was not world war, but it was the like Korean war. Mm -hmm. Um, he kind of got in at the very end of it. So he didn't actually, he was in the Navy. He didn't actually see any combat, but on the boat or the ship that he was like working on, they like, uh, got into a big storm. And he told me that he just told me about like that whole, like he was not a Christian. He was not a believer. And neither were like the sailors. It was very much an environment of just like the very rough and like just get, get through it however you can. And a lot of them like relying on substances or whatever. Like he didn't even want to talk about it. He didn't even want to like uh -huh. go back to like who he had been. Um, but he just remembered like the storm was like him realizing like we were kind of talking about like how close death mm -hmm. is. And like he kind of was just forever changed. Cause he kind of had to like, accept, like he didn't have any control over his life. Yeah. It could just be taken from him. And in that moment he was accepting it. And also in that moment he was like praying, but, and so I kind of write about this, like 
why would God listen to my prayer? Like I haven't lived like in conversation with him at any other time in my life before. Like why all of a sudden when it's like my death is evident to me, now I'm crying out to God. And then that was like a pivotal moment of his like journey in life. Because after that, he becomes a pastor, he becomes a minister and like starts going to church and like meets my grandma and like the two of them just really like minister to people in a way that was not really like, it was just meeting people where they are. Like this was like my grandpa's philosophy. Like I asked him straight up, like what's been your principle for like your life? What was it? He was like, I'm not smart enough to deal with theology, but I can love people. Mm. That's like his whole, like, that's what he did. Mm. I mean, that was straight up what he did. And I went through his like sermon notes he gave me. Um, He has kept all of his like notes that he's like typed or written by hand in like files in his house. So he just like handed them to me and I'm going through the sermons and they're just like, I couldn't believe how great, of a writer he was really they're just like yeah they're just like um life experiences and then he's like extracting like the the biblical principle to like live by to like have a good life to like honor god with your life and it was just so i have one of those sermons like in the book too man it'd be cool to get like one of them framed yeah i think he used to have that i don't know where it is though that'd be cool i have to go through his things gosh man what a great story like um I always, I, I always find people that have lived a really long time or just people in general, everybody has like a really fascinating story. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about your story about like, mm. you don't have to talk, I mean, a lot of it, but like, <laughs> like where you come from and like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. In the context of like my Bitcoin journey, we can what, do that. Whatever, whatever you want to do. Well, that's the, what I'm yeah. excited to talk. I mean, okay. I love talking about that. Yeah. And this is kind of what we got into at San Antonio Bitcoin club. I kind of talked a little bit about this. Um, yeah, because you're at you're in San Antonio. You guys were speaking at San Antonio Bitcoin Club. Right? Yeah, it was so cool. What was it? What was it about? Uh, kind of just like a little bit of our story, and then what we're doing here. Yeah, let's talk about that. So I kind of told them like, and I've I've written about this before too. Like I wasn't a person who had any reason to like be interested in Bitcoin. Like none of my interests align <laughs> with like. <laughs> money or like investing or like yeah like all of this like computers like all of this stuff that's inside of it like not yeah, I would you're, have you're never, yeah I would have <laughs> never been captured by this I just happened to have a partner who like would not stop talking about it <laughs> yeah and I didn't listen to him <laughs> I just yeah. kind of let him do it and for like three years <laughs> he talked my ear off about it uh, and he still does but that's fine um and it wasn't until 2020 where I like reached this point in June. It was probably one of, I've been thinking back on it recently, probably one of the most like dramatic like changes I'll probably mm-hmm. ever experience in my life um, personally, because up until that point I had been this um, blue haired liberal <laughs> Honestly, like I did, <laughs> I did tie my hair. <laughs> hey, teach their own. Pretty often, yeah. Um, and I had been protesting that month um, because, like, everything just kind of went crazy with oh, yeah, George the whole Floyd thing. And, yeah. and all that. 
Um, and I was not feeling good. Like I was feeling miserable inside, but it was just like the energy of that moment. Just like, I wasn't really myself. Like I was just, I was just like participating in this thing that felt like very big and monumental, but yeah, not really recognizing that it didn't feel true to me until I was participating in a protest um, in downtown Oklahoma city. Mm -hmm. Um, I was on the street with a big group of people. We were walking down the street uh, towards the prison. Okay. And somebody in the crowd, like on the side of the crowd, like yells at us, like, we're not going to go towards the prison. We're going to turn around and go the other way. So everyone just like turns around and walks back up the street that we just came. We get like five steps maybe. Mm -hmm. And then somebody else in the crowd yells from the other side, like, no, we're not going to go this way. We're, we're going to turn around and go the other way again. So we turn around and we go the other way. And I just like, that was what it took to just like snap me from like the, I am not, I am not my own right now. I'm just like following the crowd, literally like the crowd mm-hmm. is turning around and turning around and I'm just like doing it without even thinking. And it's just like, I immediately just like walked away and like went home. Wow. I was like, this does not make any sense. Like, what are we doing? Why are we just spinning circles in the street and pretending that that means anything? Wow. So, so it's like an existential moment. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Just like, it was just like my unplugging from the matrix. I feel like. Wow. So yeah. I mean, since that moment, I like have not felt any desire to return to a protest or be involved in any of that. And it's just like in 2020 was a very interesting time to like have that experience because then I could really like isolate because nobody was really doing anything. So I isolated a lot and just like had to fully undo basically like, my education from college and just realizing the lies that were in it and like the bad picture of reality that I was not, I was just given. So I, I got an English degree uh, from a liberal arts school and just like when I look back on it, it was just like so indoctrinating and didn't really give me any good lessons about life or like how to do anything practical (laughs) in the world. Um, I don't regret it, but it just, I wish it had been different. I wish it had, would have given like real world (laughs) value. Yeah. 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 Hey, I mean, it's, I mean, there's some things I I look back on that, that I've done in, in the past and, question like oh what, mm-hmm. what did you think was going to happen car mm. uh, one one of those times was like when me and my friend started a band i dropped out of art school and was like yeah i'm gonna go join a band we started went on tour this is what me and austin talk about a lot and yeah. then it was a lot of fun and learned a lot met yeah. a lot of people but i think at the time i didn't realize it but um it was a dumb idea at the time but looking back at it now in mm-hmm. retrospect it was one of the smartest ideas I did because it taught me how to be DIY and mm, create yeah. a grassroots movement yeah. and like all the things that I do today, you know, yeah, here at Pub right. Lab. Um, it also kind of shows you like how, you know, 
to be self-sufficient and, yeah. and how to make it work with, with the, with nothing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I wish I had done, I mean, I did a lot of academic writing, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to help me in my life. I don't know. You just wrote a book. Yeah. But it had nothing to do with like using, like going to like different sources and like extracting their point and then like arguing back at them. Like, you know, I wasn't doing any of that stuff. You did go to one source, your, grand, your yeah. grandpa. So, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I think, I think, yeah, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I think there's stuff that you probably took away, even if it's just simply for the reps, right? Mm -hmm. The amount of reps that you had to do with the writing. Cause now you could probably write really fast now, I would imagine. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I can read really fast. There you go. I did actually take a speed reading course. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. But so, so yeah, just dealing, so dealing with like all of that unlearning. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, I started paying attention to everything that Austin had been telling me about this thing called Bitcoin. Yeah. And uh, basically, I, I just started reading it, reading about it or started, yeah, I started reading and listening to podcasts. Um, yeah, but there was like this moment where like me and Austin are like standing in the kitchen and I'm just like, <laughs> why is everything so bad? Like, why is everything so mismanaged? Why does nobody know what they're doing? Like, why is there no leadership and like all this stuff? Like, I don't know how we're going to actually make it. And then mm -hmm. he, he just like happened to like say something about like, not even Bitcoin itself, but just like what's going on beneath uh, like what's much more evident to me today, like while we're here, like in Austin, actually doing it, he was kind of just sharing, like, you know, people are like self-sovereign and people can like, uh, organize in a way that, um, is actually good and for good and like centered on like values. values. Yeah. yeah. And principles. Um, and just like, I think I was just so open to hearing that at that moment because I was so afraid <laughs> of everything else. Yeah. And so then it was like, okay, so I, I kind of started to see like Bitcoin is an alternative. It's like this insane mess of everything else that's like been degraded so terribly. So yeah, the first thing I, I watched was uh, the Kaiser report. Really? Max and Stacey? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> like from 2009. Did you guys meet on Sunday? Did you guys go there on Sunday? Or no, we didn't. Ah, I didn't get to go either. So much work. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I was working too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think after that, I read like the bullish case for oh, Bitcoin. Really? I think is it uh, Nick Batia? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just kind of slowly started to, and I was, I was definitely skeptical in the beginning. Um, and so we had like a lot of discussions, but, but like Austin is kind of just like the best person to like argue with about these things. Cause he really knows what he's talking about. I don't yeah. know. And he has a good way of like making things clear. He has, he has a good way of making you feel better after disagreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, no. I like, yeah. But getting to know your husband over the course of like a year, I guess, year and a half. I don't know how long it's been. It feels like it's been forever. I think it's only been like eight months, dude. Has it? Oh my yeah. God. Time goes by fast. It feels I longer. know. Um, but yeah, like getting to know him and, who he is as a man and an individual and 
as your husband and stuff, it's, um, it's refreshing. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the things that he tells me and, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's so much, there's so much there to learn from, from each other. And that's one of the things I like about our community here in Austin. It's just like the different, the different, um, backgrounds we all have and where yeah. we come from and what we learned. And yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. It's very cool. This is kind of what I was saying at like the, at the club say it in San Antonio it was like, I kind of feel like, um, my position and my skills and what I have to bring is not deep in the technicals, but it's it's making what we're doing here make sense to normies. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I think I can. I think I can do that. I think I can do that in a way that's like fun. I think I can do that with crafts, maybe. Yeah. So maybe we talk about crafts. Yeah. So people that don't, the great segue. So for people, <laughs> the people that, that don't know. Uh, Jana is our local Austin club crafts person. <laughs> so she has interesting ideas about how to do crafts, arts and crafts around, yeah. around open source projects. Yeah. Tell us about it. I just want, I mean, I think it's a fun thing to have when you have like the, like any of the things that we're doing, like conferences or hackathons or, meetups like to have something to take away from it that you made that that in itself just like concretes all of the knowledge that you've just gained right if it has some actionable step and then like I'm just telling my friends who have nothing to do with any of this stuff like yeah like I'm doing this like t-shirt thing and they're like oh I want to come like, wow, what a great way for you to like come and meet some people who are like working on this stuff and they can tell you about what they're doing and maybe you can see the value in it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can get curious about this thing. Maybe you can come join us. And it's just like that, that like we're, we're all, all day we're talking about like big ideas and maybe a lot of these things like are not very accessible to people. But when we're all in a room together with just like paper and scissors there's only one way to use scissors, you know, like that's like the universal yeah. like, like equalizer we can all just like work on this little project (laughs) (laughs) for like an hour and then we can all get something out of it and take it home and like have it forever and tell people about it so the next thing i want to do is making zines oh my god which is something you've been wanting to do for a long time yeah just need the time to do it i know yeah let's talk about it because you you actually showed us a couple of things it looks really cool yeah i got some prototypes i just i really think zines like I think you agree with this. They're just like the most like DIY representation of just like love making an idea for what yeah, you believe it. in. Yeah. yeah. Really? So yeah, I've, I've done this. I just have some experience because like, so while I was writing my book, um, my like first iteration of the book was just like one short story. And it was like from my grandpa's childhood. And I just like took that story and like, printed it on some like kind of fancy paper. And then I like, you know, what's it called when you, you have to like prepare the pages for printing in like such a way. So it like when you fold it. Binding? The right pages are in order or whatever. Mm. I don't remember what that's called. Correlating? Maybe. I don't know. And then, yeah. And then I did bind it with, uh, with string and like sewed the pages and bound them. And it was just like such an empowering little project to do. And like I had some, I had a physical book at the end of it 
And like people can put that on their bookshelves at home. It's like, look what I made. So I really love that. I want to replicate that for other people. And I want it to be like a totally like personal, make this however you would make it, like do it with whatever inspiration like brings you to it or whatever you want to like keep it for yourself, get to give it to somebody else. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. And she, she made a, uh, a stack of news one plubs listening out there. It looks really <laughs> sick. It was like, a, was it, it was yellow too, yeah, right? Yeah. It was like a really good yellow. Yeah. Um, well, I'm totally ripping the uh, typography, but it's just so good. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> and then um, before that you did the, we did a pleb crafts like t-shirt, make your own tea. Mm-hmm. Can you tell people about that? Yep. Very this is a uh, good, I- good idea. Yeah. Very easy. Just using bleach and stencils. You can kind of get a cool design and you don't spend a lot of money on it and you don't spend a lot of time on it, but you get a t-shirt that says pleb lab. Yeah. And I think uh, I made a snacker news one. Carmen, I think made a vortex one maybe. Yeah. Somebody made an escrow one Escrow <laughs> or lightning escrow at the time. Yeah. There's a, uh, yeah, it was really cool that, um, that day there was a lot of people there that like showed up and wanted to make their own t-shirts. Yeah. Some new people too. Even technical coming back. Yeah. Technical people that you wouldn't even think yeah. had an artistic bone in their body. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like, didn't you feel like in that moment we were all just like yeah, focused on the same thing and we could all bring our own like ideas into it. And everyone like got something out of it at the end. I don't know. Yeah. I it was, love that. It was really cool. I, uh, man, I hope we do something. I hope we do something else. We're, so as far as the book, where can people like, where can people go read it? Where can, can we buy it yet? Or it's not for sale. Uh, and it's not physical yet. I am working on publishing. It's kind of a complicated problem. Maybe somebody who knows more than me can, can help me out. I know there's like blurb that can like print things for you, but I don't know. I want it to be as much in my hands as it possibly can, but you can read it for free as a PDF on a website, plebpoet.com. That's nice. my name. Uh, so yeah, me and Austin threw up that website. It looks pretty cool. Got that ready in December. So yeah, it's been up there since December and it's going to stay there until I make further improvements. Yeah. And then you're, so you're still writing for Bitcoin news. Mm -hmm. Do you have another post coming up? The one that you did on Austria was like really good. It was like, uh, it was, uh, for me when, when I was reading, I was like, wow. Jenna knows a lot about this stuff. Oh yeah. It was much better than anything I've ever written about Nostra, quite frankly. (laughs) I was just like, wow, this is really good. Well, that one was like, that was tricky. Like the reason I wanted to write about that is because obviously Nostra is like what's happening right now Mm -hmm. and everybody's talking about it. But I just, I wanted to like a fundamental understanding of what it is and I didn't know. So I was like, maybe I'll use like writing about it as an excuse to like get closer to an understanding. I had to like, I was working on it for a week. I wanted to finish it in a week, but like after that one week of working on it, I was like, I have a fundamental misunderstanding of this. Like, I don't actually know what I'm talking about. So I had to like start all over and like redo it. That's kind of what like Bitcoin forces you to do all the time though. Research. Yeah. Or like, or like humble yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Yeah. (laughs) Like you think, you know, and then you don't, and then you have to like go back and like build it up from from the ground. Yeah. I always channel my inner, I guess my inner Odell stay humble car. Mm -hmm. Let's hear that. Mm -hmm. Whenever I'm getting a little too, uh, just hear that. Has he ever like said that to you directly? All the time. (laughs) When I used to see him, (laughs) when I, when I worked at TFTC, I would, he would, it would, happen all the time. Really? Yeah. 
in a very aggressive way. <laughs> I love them though. Um, but uh, it's, it's um, yeah, I think, I think humbleness is um, a big part of what we do um, as Bitcoiners. It was funny. Some, I forget who I was talking to maybe in the past week. They're like, I love what you guys are doing here. Every one of y'all is just, you know, interesting and like, and y'all's and y'all work is really good and all this stuff, right? Mm. And you hear that, you know, sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. But he was like, the one thing that I'm very shocked about is how freaking humble you guys are. Yeah. I was like, really? I was yeah. like, we are? I was yeah. like, that's good. <laughs> it's good that other people see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, no, you know, I think it's true. You think it's true? Yeah. I, I think we all try to, I think we all try to keep ourselves right. humble. Right. Um, I mean, I feel like if it's you, really hard not to, I, I would say, at least for me. Um, like, remember when you were in Capital Factory, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you walk into any other like tech space and like humble is not, oh, you know, yeah. something that like comes across and like what's going on there. But yeah, if, if you were still in Capital Factory, I feel like you would see that contrast. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There would be so many people there. That would just like want to talk about whatever. Yeah. I was going to say web five, but yeah. Web five or web three or whatever it (laughs) was. Yeah. That's interesting. But yeah, I think, I think I know more than I let on though. Do you point about like Noster? Yeah. Yeah. But really that's just because like Austin talks to me about so much of this stuff, but you know, like, are you becoming more technical? Do you, do you, have you taken the plub dev course? I haven't. Um, Do you plan on taking the plan? I've thought about it. Yeah. I don't know if I've, I haven't necessarily planned on it just because there's writing. There's so much writing and like reading that I want to do. Like I'm reading Anne Rand right now. That feels kind of important for me to do. Yeah. Just philosophically to like learn, get a good grip on like more of the ideas that I'm interested in. Um, Yeah. That's the other thing. Like I think, I think I am a person who's more drawn to like ideas and mm-hmm. like coding is very much like abstracting uh like very hard realities. Yeah. It's yeah, for sure. Um so I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I, I fall in that camp too. I love ideas and then like trying to see if I can execute on them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um and then it's like where's the next idea? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But I also like thinking long and these days, um in my old age, I, I love thinking long and hard about ideas mm-hmm. for like weeks on end. Okay. And what I'm are you like, thinking about now? Oh man. So much there. Uh, thinking about a lot. Um, I, I guess in the short term, it's um, focusing on the future of Plub Lab okay. and like the unique situation we're in mm-hmm. to see it kind of prosper. And I, I think for me, it's, it's thinking long and hard about that, but I'm, uh, I spend a lot of time thinking about that. It's literally all I do when do I get home. Do you feel like um, what Plab Lab is, is like clearly defined for you? Like, you know what it is. You just need to find the path. I think, I think, uh, I think before um, I thought I knew what it was defined, but now kind of seeing the whole picture. Okay. Uh, me kind of stepping into this new role. Right. I realized that um, I didn't fully understand it. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of hard to say. Mm. I, th- I think now, now that I kind of see where it can go and then like how to build it, um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's fun and it's exciting. Good. And it's also just like, 
yeah, it, 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 it could be really, it could be really great if it's done in this like yeah, very like I'm detailed focused way. And I think we can get there. Yeah. I think you're a very inspired individual and you're like listening and you're open mm-hmm. and um, you're empathetic and enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, every time I talk to you, I feel like just like more encouraged than really? I would have been before. That's good. Yeah, completely. That's good. That's so, good. That's yeah, good to hear. I'm bullish. I'm bullish too. I, I think, um, I think, uh, like we were talking about like, where, like how, how do you spend these times on these ideas? Like when do you do it? I think water, I don't know. I don't know. Have you ever, do you ever do this? Like just being in water mm. ideas flow a little bit easier. I don't know. Yeah. Next time. I next, guess like showering that too. Yeah. yeah, yeah that too. Yeah. I would say next time you're, um, you're stuck on a problem or you're stuck on like, um, a creative thing that you're trying to, and then you have like options. Uh-huh. I'd say like, dunk yourself in water. Oh, okay. <laughs> like not just pour a water bottle, but like uh, actually like either a shower, a bath yeah. or like in, in the pool and yeah. just like swim. And then like those, I come, I come to find like that purity of the okay. water, just like kind of once it's over you, it, um, you read it, it just gives you life and it makes these ideas and these, these things come to life. It, totally. it, it just gives you that kind of, I don't know for me, mm. That's what I, I go to time and time again. Is like temperature important? Do you like do the cold plunge? No, I haven't tried that yet. Okay. But it's probably why those people that do those um those tanks thing, uh-huh. the what are they called? The immersion? Yeah. Or yeah, whatever those things are where you go inside this like tank and then yeah. it's like uh, it's like desensitized or something like that. It's like, like salted it's, or something. Right. Somebody's gonna send me an email, I'm sure. <laughs> It was called this car. It's like, oh, I didn't know. Maybe you'll get a coupon out of it too. Maybe I'll get a coupon. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that's kind of where the ideas and like the the formulation process nice. comes from. And then that, and then also you have to go and present that to people. Yeah. And then see what they think. Yeah. And it's like going back, and then you got to go back and yeah. forth. It's a yeah. it's a whole thing. Yeah. Do yeah. you find it hard to present your ideas? No. Was it ever I, I, hard? I, I have I have a hard time um pulling out every last detail of the said idea. Yeah. And um same. Yeah, but I think the the the, the easy part is probably like coming up with it and getting people behind it. The hard part mm-hmm. is actually like well, there's two hard parts, the execution part, but it's also the, <laughs> the extrapolating it from my brain and putting right. it. That's why I think writing helps to totally. circle back to writing. It's totally sometimes just writing it out. Yeah. And, you know, whatever it is. Like just, however you can do it. It's like a doodle. On yeah. The paper like you, you, or, you'll see my phone. I have tons of notes and it's just yeah. like random notes. Yeah. You know, but at least I know it's sitting somewhere and I can yes. go and look for it. Yeah. But also just like writing like an orange flow or something for mm. me is mm-hmm. also a way to flesh out ideas that I've been thinking. So do you feel like that has changed as you've gotten older though? Like, mm-hmm. cause I kind of feel like, uh, like a vulnerability in like presenting my ideas and talking about them. Yeah, I can see that. I wonder if that changes. It does. I think you come to realize that, um, your, your biggest critics and your biggest fans and just people that are just interested in what you're doing, um, are going to read it. Uh, mm-hmm. and some people will, will like it and some people won't. And then some people don't even care. Uh, mm-hmm. And then quite frankly, it's uh, it's it's very rare. Uh, somebody will shoot me an email or, or DM or text message and be like, yo, I love what you wrote this weekend. Like it was, um, 
was great. This is what I needed. Yeah. And that makes you feel good. Yeah. But, but it, it but that doesn't happen all the time. It happens every once in a blue moon, sure. but and little by little, you know, it'll just start increasing. And then over time you just come to realize that being real and being um, forward about um, how you feel on things and what your mind is thinking. It's just, um, it's good all around. It's good to clear the air about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's good to write things down. So that way you can go and look and see like, Oh, I was thinking this back then. Right. Boy, I'm reading this. I didn't know anything. <laughs> like that's the biggest thing. It's kind of cringe too. Cause you go back and read like a, from a month ago or even a year ago. And uh-huh. you're just like, this is so cringe, <laughs> but it's okay. It's it, like, sure. That's why no one, and that's why it didn't get shared. You know, <laughs> that's why no one cared. Um, but and then there's, then there's some times where you write something and it's like, it pops off. People are like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cause you've made writing like a pretty big practice, like weekly, right. Or daily. Yeah. Weekly, you. weekly. And then I weekly. write things during the day, but mm-hmm. it's like weekly. Um, cause I talk to so many, I find people fascinating. I think for me, it's just like, I always wanted to start a podcast and call it like ordinary people. Yeah, And then like, it would yeah. literally just be a conversation about their lives and it could just be some rando off the street. Right. Right. And, and, and I, I really believe that every person has a unique story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, and you would have a lot more empathy, empathy for them if you understood like their background and where they came from. Yeah. I've had a similar idea for a blog. You should do it. But I would call it human things. Ah, oh, that's good. That's a good idea. But I really want to talk to people about like what they make. Like I, ah. I think this is something like that's emerging in the Bitcoin space too, is like people maybe kind of like me who like have um, this like skill that they work on, but they're also like Bitcoin pilled. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like for example, like the guy who like makes wine. Oh, what's his, is his name? Justin? Yeah. Okay, I think cool. his name is Ben actually. Oh, first ben. name. I'm sorry. And I think his last name is just something. Um, I just know him, the Twitter guy with mm-hmm. the wine. Yeah. Yeah. He's blowing up on Twitter. He's having a moment, (laughs) but there's also like, so there's like plebeian market. Have you seen this place? Plebeian dot market. Um, it's just like a, a a marketplace where you can buy Bitcoin things or like anything, Bitcoin art. Um, and you, you buy it with Bitcoin. Um, very like low tech. It's basically like using Twitter, but like having a separate platform. I, yeah, that's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in like talking to the people who like, because art and Bitcoin have an interesting relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like where there's value, like art is very close behind it, you know, like beauty and value and like all of these like things come into alignment with like good money. Like we see like with when the gold standard of, Mm -hmm. of like architecture and like, uh, sculpture and no, art and stuff. No, no, you're right. Cause like, even like you go back to like, I don't know if it's prehistoric times or caveman times, I guess. Right. Like they invented fire. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they started painting on walls. Yeah. Right. And yeah. like some of them don't even look like horses, but they, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. it's just their art. Because like you're inspired by something that like lasts and like mm-hmm. you want to like make the mark of like how this is going to like extend into the future. But and you want like beauty. It's like beyond display. Yeah, but it's also that intelligence that gets shared, right? Yeah. Through, through a fire, through like a meal, and then that gets propagated. This is where like ideas yeah. and like, this is where like RSS feeds and like podcasting and like lightning. Mm-hmm. I can just wax poetic about it all day because mm-hmm. it's just so powerful with these like, these open, these digital open protocols, right? Mm-hmm. 
And it's yeah. kind of what used to be back in the old days too, with like fire and, yeah. and art. And like, maybe they had, um, I guess they were using gold, maybe seashells right. for currency at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So I just feel like, uh, like something I've written. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you, Siri. Thank She's you, Siri. letting us know what the weather is like. It is windy. <laughs> No, what were you saying? Um, so something I like wrote on my website mm -hmm. uh, about me was just kind of a little thing about like why I'm interested in Bitcoin. Like I feel like Bitcoin inspires the next like artistic revolution. Mm -hmm. I don't know what words I, something like that. Just because like having true value like brings all these other things into alignment. Um, so yeah, I just feel like there's going to be this uprising yeah. of like masterful artists in all these different areas that are like exchanging value over like the Bitcoin network because they recognize the signal in it and they want to come to it and bring like their best to it. Right. That's a good point. It's a really good point. Cause yeah, cause the, I think that's one of the things that Ordinals is going to do quite frankly. Okay. It'll get them here. It'll get artists creating on it and then they'll get, they'll get, you know, orange pilled mm. they'll, they'll, they'll become bitcoiners and then they'll yeah. start moving towards creating like real life art and it's kind of like what it's how i started right i was doing like just regular art stuff on paper mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. painting and stuff like that and then you move into the digital space and then you have a return back to it yeah uh, right but okay. it's um it's uh, it's yeah it's definitely gonna happen i think your i think your your intuition's right there okay well, I'm excited about your return back to physical art too. Soon. TM. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what was it going to say? Uh, what, um, what do you like? Cause you're, you're in a unique position where you have a husband who's a Bitcoin developer, right? Like, but you also do your own art stuff and writing and crafting. What do you like your friends who are like not Bitcoiners? Mm -hmm. Cause I'm sure you have friends that aren't Bitcoiners, right? Yep. Um, what do they say about like, you're, you're like, uh, you're writing about it and all these, do you tell them like, yeah. like, how does, how does that work? I have a couple friends who are very interested and they like, they like really encourage me in this. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're like very, they're just like super like supportive and invested in like whatever I'm going to make. And like, I don't know, I've made a couple of like really solid, amazing friends who are just like with me on this um like one of my friends who's in my writing group um she like we have we have discussions about bitcoin and like what all these ideas are about like mostly the ideas stuff um and she you know like hasn't made any like changes or made any definitive statements about the things that i'm saying and what she thinks about it but she just like can, encourages me to like continue to like write about it and talk about it. And she like inspires, like she, she asks me questions, you know, like she's very curious and like wants to know. Um, so I have like maybe two or three of friends who are just like amazing support. And then everyone else is just like silent. <laughs> really? What do you mean silent? Like they don't say anything? They or? don't say anything. Like about I, your like, writing or is it more just about the Bitcoin thing? Both. Yeah. Yeah. yeah How does I'm that make of, you feel? I don't really know how to feel about it. I think it's just kind of a symptom of like 
growing up and kind of like interest changing from your friends. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say like, I'm not like asking them to like be interested in the things I'm interested in, like because they have their own lives going on and everything's just like changing all the time for all of us. Um, But I wonder, I mean, I definitely wonder like what they think because there is such like in the normal world, like outside of all of this stuff. I mean, I think Bitcoin has a pretty bad like stereotype Mm -hmm. of like the people who are in it. And so then for them to like see me like kind of getting closer to it. Scares them? Probably. Yeah. Interesting. Probably. Yeah. I could see that. Cause like there's like a fear of like technology, I think right now. That it's like. like, taking over you mean? Yeah. Yeah. AI? Like I have, you know, like my friends are like, I would also like other like creative people. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, there's, there's like a fear of just like, yeah, uh, the bots are taking over. Yeah. Replacing us. Yeah. For me, I always, whenever I talk to people like that, cause I, like I live in South Austin. So you kind of run into a lot of, you know, the, the old, where it's like, there's a saying like Austin, Austin didn't change. You just moved South. Like that's a saying, right? So you run into like the old hippies and like the people that were around you know, when all this kind of festivals and all this stuff was flowing out. Yeah. Um, and whenever I have these conversations, they're like, oh, what do you do? Mm. Like, you know, I just say, oh, I help open source developers, which is true. Yeah. I do. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I don't go beyond like asking them like, you know, oh, like shoving Bitcoin down their throat. Right. You know, I'm just right. kind of, and then they'll, they'll, then they'll be like, oh, really? Like where? And then I'll tell them, oh, we're here downtown. Like, oh, I know where that's at. And then it becomes like, what do you mean open source? Right. Okay, and yeah. then after that, then that's when I go straight in for the, <laughs> the orange pill. That's what I was going to ask you. Cause I was like, do people even know what open source Yes. No, but I think they do. I think they okay. do, at least from the people that I talk to. Yeah. They, I think they understand like open source. They probably, they probably relay it to like Linux, I would imagine. Right. But once you, once they like, once you, once you tell them like, once they ask like what you do, cause they're interested in you at that mm-hmm. point. And then you give them that little small slice open mm-hmm. source. They're like, you're like, Oh, that means computers or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, and then cause they hear the worst source in there. And then you tell them like where your location is and they're like, Oh wait. So, how did that, you know, cause we're here on six, right? Oh, so yeah. like people were like, yeah. immediately perk up after that. Yeah. And then they're yeah. like, well, can you describe what is open? Like, cause they, then they have a, then they want to know more. Right. And then at that point, then you tell them Bitcoin. Right. They're like Bitcoin, the, right. the, the, the currency, the digital currency, like, how is that? And then it becomes the a question of like, and then, so then it becomes a whole thing of like describing like it is open source, mm. like, you know, and like, this is what it is. And then having that whole conversation. And then that leads to any which that's way. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's how I usually start. That's very good. So you should probably just <laughs> start in there with like, yeah, I make open source crafts. You know? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what that works. That is good though. Because like, yeah, us, this being on 6th Street is like, it's not what you expect. Yeah. Not for, yeah. It's it like, quite frankly, it's, um, it's, uh, it, it draws a lot of eyes, right? Like, mm. Even do you ever see people that walk by here and like some people will walk by and like try to come in here, like with, they're all dressed up and stuff. Like they're coming oh. to a club or something. Oh no, I haven't seen that. So it happens at night. Like me and oh. Nick and like Mark will hang out and we'll oh just like gosh. see these people walking down there yeah. trying to open the door. And it's just like, no, no, this is not a club. <laughs> 
I mean, it is a club, but not really a club. It's because they see us on our hoverboards having a good time. Is that what that is? Probably. <laughs> They're like, how are these guys floating across? It's <laughs> yeah. like, we're just making open source software here, bro. Oh, man. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to talk to people about it, but I'm on a mission to make it. But I, I also like being something that people don't expect. Yeah. You know? And like just having that be the thing that they want to be curious about, about me. Yeah. Whenever I think of you, I think of you just in, like as a, a creative person, just mm. like in all sorts of areas. Mm. Like uh, you painted the walls at Plublom, like this amazing design. Yeah. looks yeah. pretty good right now. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then like you, you just do so many things creatively. It, like your, your artistic expression is just, it's all over. Uh, at least for me, I see it everywhere. It's kind of cool. Yeah. It, and that's cool. like such a part of my journey too. Like, because before I was like interested in Bitcoin, I like didn't see that like living as like creatively and openly and artistically as I am now, like that was even worth it mm -hmm. to do before. So yeah, just kind of like became depressed about it all and like, like nihilistic and like art isn't worth it, but it is to me, but the world doesn't see it and all this stuff. And now it's just like, Hey, like there's, there is true value. There is like real principles. Like we can all agree that there is something worth working toward. Mm -hmm. And like that makes my art worth it too. So I can live this way. Yeah. And also too, like the process, right? It's like the learned process when, when you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's probably the most valuable thing that comes out of it. I would say. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a, yeah. Cause you learn so much. Right. And then, yeah. Especially if other people are involved, um, mm -hmm. they learn something about you and you learn some, that's why art and music and all this stuff is so important. In the early days, I used to spend a lot of time working on music and like just in that kind of headspace. And yeah. that would be like a form of therapy for me. Yeah. These days I, I believe it or not, I get, I get therapy in very much the same way. So like recording a pod right now is okay. like therapy for me. Okay. <laughs> in totally. like in a, in a different way. And then yeah. when I actually yeah. go and like construct this in like audition and stuff, I like really get into it. Oh yeah. But it, like I don't get to use that part of my brain and, and other areas anymore. Right. Like I used to. Right. So like this stuff is the fun stuff. Right. Yeah. And you're also like using music as part of that process too. Yeah. 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 So you're always open with a song. And yeah. Do you have song. any requests? Oh, man, I should have thought about that. What have you been, uh, do you listen, you listen to a lot of music, right? Yeah, I do. What um, are you listening to lately? Lately, I've listened to SZA's new album. Really? Who's yeah. That? I don't know this person. She is like a hip hop, R and B pop girl. Yeah. Um, which I'm not usually listening to uh, a lot of, but um, she did the song "Ghost in the Machine." Whoa. Do you know Phoebe Bridgers? Yeah. She's on that song. She's amazing. So that's why I first started listening to that album. So I was like, "What's Phoebe Bridgers doing over here?" Um. And yeah, it was kind of interesting. Kind of yeah. good. I'm going to, I'll play that in the beginning. <laughs> I have an, I have another song that I was listening to this morning. Let me see if I have it. It was it's really good. Maybe I'll end with this one. But there's um, this song called Eyes by Rogue Wave. You ever heard that song? I don't think so. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's like the best kind of song. It's okay. the one that you like immediately it ends and then you're just like back listen to it again. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are the, like, I, th I think music for me is just like so important in my daily mm -hmm. life. I wake up to it. Mm. I go to sleep to it. Yeah. Like, um, 
on walks with it, you know, my bike with it. It it's do you it's a play good instruments? Yeah. What do you play? A little bit of everything. Me and Nick were jamming out here. Yeah. Did you ever see the other equipment that was out there? I did. Yeah. So Nick was playing like guitar. And then I was playing like a little bit of synth and like drum machines uh, okay. and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I think we have it set up over here, but we cool. should probably just do like a jamming session. Yeah. You, you sing though, right? Yeah. I, in a past life, I haven't done it very much lately. I used to sing at church. Yeah. Uh, the like worship band. Nice. And uh, I did musicals. Really? Like actual <laughs> musicals? Like where you would be on stage? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. I Which did that ones? from like 12 to 18. Which ones? Like any? Hairspray. Okay. I did a hairspray. I did the music man. Okay. Um, 42nd street. It's a tapping one. That was really fun. Okay. Uh, high school musical was the first one. Really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That was like, uh, since I'm the only girl in my family uh-huh. and everyone else in my family is like very obsessed with sports. That was like my mom's way of like, <laughs> influencing me to be like more artistic and like that's cool have a space that wasn't sports were they supportive of you in that kind of in those endeavors or as no? supportive as they were interested yeah, yeah which was like you know just kind of like let me do whatever <laughs> let yeah. me do my thing <laughs> yeah that's like the best that's like the best parents when yeah my mom was like that she was mm. so supportive of me early on with mm. like my arts yeah she put me like in art school like at seven okay yeah and then it stopped like at 10 or oh, 11, something like interesting. that. Interesting. Yeah. What kinds of stuff did you do? At it was just school? like, it was just like a weekend thing. And I was, oh. the, I was like one of five, like one of, one of three brothers and one sister. Oh. And like, they were so pissed. <laughs> but my mom saw me like in the corner, right? Like mm-hmm. drawing, coloring, yeah. doing everything. Yeah. And I wouldn't go play with my brothers and sister. <laughs> I mean, I did later on. Yeah, but like, so yeah. she saw like, there was like, oh, this kid's like pretty good at this stuff. So Definitely. she threw me like on a weekend thing every weekend I'd have to nice, go. Nice. It was like Saturdays, all day Saturday, then Sunday was church. Right, right. Yep. Like, it was like yep. from like seven to like 10 or whatever it was. Wow. Yeah. Sounds familiar to me, but that's, it's great when parents like recognize, yeah, like this is where your interests are going to be. And it's probably not going to change. So like, let's encourage it. Yeah. It's good it's to do that cool. from a young age. Are you thinking about, um like what the future brings for you as far as like later this year, early next year, or are you kind of more focused just on the present stuff? Yeah. Uh, kind of both, I guess. Like, um, I'm hoping to make writing be, uh, financially lucrative for me at some point this year. Um, so I have some goals to like work towards that. Um, and then other than that, like I'm, I'm focusing on the present and trying to like, I, I feel like this stage after finishing this book, I want to write another book. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm waiting and I'm trying to be like open and like listening for like the next idea that's going to like inspire the next book. Cause I want that to be like, it, if I'm going to spend the time it takes to write a book, I want it, the idea to be worth it. So just kind of waiting for that inspiration. Yeah. You should, yeah, you should do it. Yeah. I can't wait. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, totally. It was a good good conversation about arts, crafts. Yep. And like plebbing it. I know you love to talk about art, so. Yeah. Glad I could give you the opportunity. Yeah.
that I'm not alone Well, I'm pushing myself to finish this part And handle a lot One thing I miss Attachments, yeah, land on the ground. One thing I miss.